Kia ora koutou. I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to Insight. This week, families waiting for answers to their immigration stalemate. It's nearly two years since the then national government froze the visa category under which overseas parents were able to apply for New Zealand residency so they could join their immigrant children and grandchildren. Thousands of families are hanging in the balance, but will the category ever be reopened and what new provision might be included? RNZ's immigration reporter Jill Bonnet has been talking to families and politicians about how to grapple with humanitarian desires to be reunited with loved ones while addressing ballooning health and social welfare costs as well as the potential political costs. It's just really sad, um, you know, um, they get frustrated, um, they don't know what's happening, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really sad. For families waiting in limbo, it's emotionally draining, but the residents' parent category also stirs up political turmoil. Why has he allowed and facilitated the parent category to be so grossly abused when in countless cases the New Zealand taxpayer has been ripped off? His words. Because the parent category of immigration residents' visas was suspended in 2016 by the national government amid claims that elderly parents were being left to fend for themselves by the children who were meant to sponsor them. It was to undergo a review with the aim of reaching a decision by 2018. Two years on, thousands of parents are still on hold in their home countries, while countless others are waiting to apply. They still have no indication about when they'll find out their fate. The longest have been waiting since 2012. I'm a professor at the University of Auckland Business School. I head the Department of Property. Among those families is Deborah Levy, whose 84-year-old mother, Betty Mills, lives in London. I came over 32 years ago, and for three years, and I met my husband, and we got married, and that really is what happened. Three years has turned into 32 years. We have three children, and all my family are in the UK every one of them, all my cousins. Uh, my father passed away a few years ago, my stepfather as well. So my mum's very much on her own. She says that while they wanted her to emigrate earlier, it had to be her own decision, and when it came, it was too late. She's in good health, but she's lost a lot of friends. Her close friends have passed away, so she's, she's lonely a lot of the time. I do have extended family in the UK that, you know, do look after her. But it, it's not the same as being able to get up in the morning and say, let's do something. So she's quite isolated. Professor Levy says reuniting with parents is an incentive to skilled immigrants needed in New Zealand, such as academics, who may be hard to attract to a country so far from home. It's about being compassionate and inclusive. Families are really important in the health of a nation and also, I think, the prosperity of a nation. And it's, it's really breaking up families that uh, really want to be together. But health and social welfare costs are weighing on the decision that needs to be made. Ms Levy's husband, Brian Bookman, says a bond could mitigate the risks of adult children abandoning their parents once they had residence or not living up to other sponsorship commitments. He feels somewhat suspicious over the political delays. Perhaps it might sound rather cynical, but um, the longer it goes on for the ministry, you know, the fewer people that reasonably they have to deal with. So there is, in fact, a process of natural selection going on with people either withdrawing because of health or simply 
giving up out of disinterest or hopelessness or straight out dying. Among those thinking of abandoning New Zealand because of the uncertainty and delays is Grant McHenry, an electrician who moved here five years ago. But it will not be a decision he takes lightly. I want to spend the rest of my time in New Zealand. I don't want to move anywhere else. But I'll be forced to, if families can't be together, I need to be near some family. His parents, Brian, who's 70, and a retired transport manager, and Brenda, who's 67, are the only family members left in South Africa. And he says his dad is getting a bit depressed, with no clear future to plan for. He's concerned if the delays continue, parents are going to become ineligible because of health concerns that increase with age. But he stresses they are financially capable of caring for themselves. Mr McHenry and his wife Jenna live in Napier along with their two children. He works as a sales engineer and she's an early childhood centre manager. We didn't want my parents to rely on the, on the state or in the government in any way. So we earn above average incomes combined. We're also willing to pay our own medical insurance for, for the parents. They've got their own money. We just wanted us all to be together so that, you know what, um, you've got the family stability. I've got no other family in South Africa except my parents. They're there, my sister's in Canada, and I live in New Zealand. So that this is the frustration for us. Mr McHenry says Immigration New Zealand has taken their money but is not telling them what is being done. For us, looking at it right now, is that we've got the skills. We, we're young enough to make uh, a success. We pay all our, all our own way, our taxes and everything. When I look at it right now, it just made me feel like, you know what, they actually they want you for your skills here, yeah, but they, they don't want the families together. I'm looking at uh, going somewhere else, if these categories aren't open, uh, to a country that wants the skills, but also wants families together, create stability, um, bring some more incomes into the country. Um, that's, that's what it's all about for us. That lack of concern about family is echoed by David Barker from Amberley, who set up a support group of about 40 affected families with his wife Carol, whose mother Nora Cheatham is also in England. He says the government is targeting the elderly to make the immigration figures look better, as he says parent category numbers had played a crucial part in the residents' numbers coming down. Theirs is among 5,500 expressions of interest waiting in a pool to be selected by Immigration New Zealand, at which point they can apply. Parents say they're in a holding pattern, which is hard for them to cope with and plan for. In England, Wendy Hardy, who's 76, and her husband Trevor, who's 79, have been living in a caravan at Winksley Banks Holiday Park in Yorkshire for the past two years. They sold their home to make what they envisaged at the time would be an imminent move to live in Whanganui, where they'd bought a house. All we wanted to know now is, is the category going to be opened again? Where are we in the queue? How many people are in front of us? Um, when are we likely, if at all, to be pulled out of the hat, to be uh, looked at for a visa? They have a son and daughter, three grandchildren and a great-granddaughter in New Zealand, while their youngest daughter lives in Australia with her family. They have no close family left in the UK and have spent the hottest English summer on record in a hot tin box. I know there are a lot of people less fortunate than ourselves. We have got a home, but it's very cramped, it's very small. Most of our belongings are all in storage and we wonder what's happening to those, you know, everything's deteriorating and we're limited as to what we can what we can have we, we don't have a garden we you know think that they, the things that 
that we would normally be doing. Uh, it's Unfortunately, we can't do. The chair of the Association of Migration and Investment, Wellington-based immigration advisor June Ranson, says it's a grossly unfair situation for immigrants who've paid money to lodge expressions of interest and have been kept in the dark about what's happening. They have taken money from migrants and is it a bit under false pretenses? Because we were indicated that we this was going to open in July this year. We're now told it's been uh, re-looked at. But we don't really have a solid indication as to uh, when it's going to come in. She says the previous government made the change because it was uncomfortable with net migration levels and the current government might not reintroduce the category until the numbers have fallen further. Some parents have been visiting for periods of up to six months at a time, but she says they deserve to find out about their future. They're bringing money with them. They have to have an income and they also have to have a settlement fund of 500000 uh, But the thing is, with regards to health, they can make a change here because their thinking is that anyone who becomes a resident... Uh, of New Zealand automatically falls into our health system. Well, these people, why can't they be made to keep a health insurance? What's the big problem? Um, and these people would be, I'm quite convinced, would be more than happy to do that. So I just think it's a, a complication that's been put in there unnecessarily. A health insurance requirement was a suggestion put forward by New Zealand First. Why has he allowed tens of thousands of migrants into this country without any real skills or a backlog of well over 2,000 parent category applications? One of their MPs, Mark Patterson, entered a bill outlining such a plan into the members' bill ballot last month. Winston Peters, the party leader, has long spoken against what he regards as the burden being placed on this country by children not supporting their recently arrived parents. And this bill continued on the same track. Mr Patterson withdrew it weeks later, initially telling RNZ the parent category would not be reopened while New Zealand First was in government. But the Immigration Minister, Ian Lees Galloway, insists the visa category is still being considered. In an indication of the political tensions that remain over immigration, Mr Patterson then corrected himself after contact was made by the Minister's office, saying he'd made a mistake in saying the parent category was off the agenda for all of this government's term. Why are newly arrived migrants with New Zealand residency not paying for their parents to live here after they brought them into the country at a cost to New Zealand taxpayers of tens of millions of dollars, as he stated? New Zealand First's Ron Mark and Winston Peters pushed the case against the numbers and burden represented by elderly parents in sparring with Michael Woodhouse when he was immigration minister. Now the opposition immigration spokesman, Mr Woodhouse, says he suspended the category, capped and ordered a review of it because of pressure on residence numbers and as a result of worrying data on the cost burden of immigrant parents. He says one in ten were receiving emergency income support payments within two years of arriving, against the commitments they and their children had signed up to. Around 47% of them were on income support uh, five years after arriving. Now that suggests a degree of dependency on the state that wasn't indicated when they were first applying for residency. Mr Woodhouse acknowledged the information was based on old data. Conflicting evidence later suggested fewer than 2% of parents took up welfare payments between 2010 and 2014. 
but figures do suggest older parent category immigrants cost about $6,000 a year in health care, three times the amount of an average New Zealander, and significantly higher even compared to their own age groups. Mr Woodhouse says temporary immigrants should have to have health insurance but not residents. I was uh, interested in the approach but very concerned not to have two categories of residence, if you like, when one is granted residence, which is a privilege that not everybody can get. Once you're through that door, you should have all the rights and obligations of a New Zealand residency, including the right to health care. And there are calls for people to say, well, I can pay for my own health care. But actually, over time, that becomes very problematic. And certainly, I wasn't prepared to change policy to allow that. Mr Woodhouse says an existing renewable parent and grandparent visa that allows visits of a maximum of 18 months over three years and other temporary visas could be made more generous to accommodate parents. He says it's a difficult balancing act. It's probably a case of policy meeting politics. This is a very interesting political call, uh, but one which is notoriously difficult to implement as a policy. Mr Woodhouse says the government is under political pressure from its coalition partner. But the Immigration Minister, Ian Lees Galloway, insists the issue is being worked through and rigorously debated and tested by consultations with the Green Party and New Zealand First. This is the number one issue that migrant communities raise with me, both in written correspondence and as I travel around the country and, and hold uh, various forums, and I'm very keen to give them some certainty around that. But obviously we have to go through a robust process and, and, um, and think through all the pros and cons. He says while he understands families' impatience, getting the right decision is more important than a quick decision. He says in his own constituency of Palmerston North, a GP left the country because her mother couldn't join her. There's no doubt that there are benefits to sponsor migrants being able to get their parents into the country. There's certainly a lot of suggestion that having parents there to provide things like uh, childcare, to provide that family stability, supports people to be able to settle well, to get into work, and, and has lots of tangible benefits for the migrants themselves and for our broader economy and society. Then there are the potential negatives around parents making greater use of the health system, so they tend to be older, you know, if they've been here long enough, and making use of the superannuation system, etc. The minister says changing rules about superannuation, which is available to eligible immigrants 10 years after arriving, would be reasonably drastic. But everything is on the table including axing it entirely. The concerns that led to the, the category being closed were that um, in, in some cases, certainly not all, but in some cases those commitments were not being followed through and then you know, New Zealand has a responsibility then for those people who are in New Zealand to make sure that their welfare is, is taken care of um, and that comes at a cost to the taxpayer. So um, I will be interested to look at what options are available um, to make sure that... Uh, you know, um, any future version of the parent category that we may reopen uh, will have those safeguards in place to ensure that, um, that we're getting the benefits of having parents here to support their children, um, but that, we, you know, that it doesn't pose an unnecessary risk or cost to the New Zealand taxpayer. He says work is being done, but at the same time there's also significant policy work also taking place in the residence category as a whole 
and on work visas. I wouldn't want to presuppose when an announcement might happen. I, I, as I say, I'm, I'm awaiting initial advice uh, from MB uh, to guide the proposals that I may or may not take to Cabinet um, and then there's a Cabinet process to go through. So I wouldn't want to um, sort of uh, place any um, unrealistic expectations on, on how long that may take. Um, we're working through that process now and, and um, I'm looking forward to being able to make a decision one way or the other uh, yeah, reasonably soon. I'm Jill Bonnet and you're listening to an RNZ Insight programme exploring whether New Zealand should reintroduce or change immigration residence visas for parents to join their adult children and grandchildren. At the Auckland University of Technology, Edwina Pio is New Zealand's first Professor of Diversity. She says while New Zealand has strong ideas of whānau, it also needs to think about utu, reciprocity, personal responsibility and accountability. I am a champion for diversity. I am a champion for people reuniting, but there have to be conditions. I think that's really important. Otherwise, it becomes a free-for-all. We have to look at what is happening in terms of the practicalities. So while, of course, we have to be humanitarian, of course, we have to be compassionate, there are limits to that. Ms. Pio says civic responsibilities and values are perceived differently by immigrants from different countries, and so issues of personal responsibility have grown as New Zealand has become more diverse. She says immigrant parents bring benefits, but policymakers have to draw a line somewhere as they have to find the money for competing needs. The indirect benefits pertain to things like looking after the children, spending in the community, social capital, etc. But on the other hand, it is a fact that the older the person is who comes into New Zealand, the higher the cost in New Zealand. And we do already have people who are here. Uh, We have an ageing population. And I think we have to think of these aspects as well. Ms Pio says New Zealand is hesitant about putting responsibility on individuals, spelling out requirements clearly and evaluating them. She says the question should be framed not what are my rights, but what am I able to give back. Of course one's heart breaks when you think parents are somewhere else, you're somewhere else. But then that is the nature of transnational communities and transnational workings. A Department of Labour report to the former immigration minister, Jonathan Coleman, showed a parent migrant could cost $100,000 over their lifetime, based on the lowest level of superannuation in 2007. Combining this figure with potential health costs meant each parent migrant could equate to around $200,000. An Auckland immigration consultant, Bill Milnes, is aware of times when families have left parents behind for New Zealand to look after. A lot of migrants come to New Zealand with great hopes and then find that it's just extremely difficult for them to get work or work that they can survive on and so they go off overseas looking for something better. And if that means leaving their parents in New Zealand where there is free health care and free hospitalisation, then that means the children's responsibilities are taken over by government. And there have been some very sad cases of parents who can't speak English being dropped into the hospital system or the social welfare system and struggling to cope because their children have gone offshore and taken their grandchildren away. In the mid-1980s, the government's immigration policy review defined the role of family sponsorship immigration policy as a humanitarian one to strengthen families. 
Changes made in 2012 made income or wealth of parents or sponsors the defining selection criteria. But Mr Milne says the high numbers of applicants didn't let up and that will be feeding into the analysis of whether to open the category again or not. It grew to the stage where there were years of parent applications lined up, which impractical just to try and work through it. Uh, it'll be a struggle for them to try and work out how to make that work. That's the humanitarian side, which says, yes, they should be here, and there's the pragmatic side of health care and old people being left in New Zealand while apparent children go overseas, things like that. Other nations take enforcing family responsibility for looking after older relatives a lot more seriously than New Zealand does. Five years ago, a legal amendment in China came into force that required children to visit and keep in touch often with their ageing parents or face being sued. It's not clear how rigorously that's been enforced, but the legal requirement reinforces the cultural expectations on families from some countries to support their parents as they age. Analysis from the year the New Zealand parent category was suspended shows 49% of applicants were Chinese, 17% Indian and 8% were British. In Auckland CBD, Brandon Han is one of the immigration advisers trying to help families arriving on our shores. But he's also an Australian registered migration agent and is well placed to contrast the two systems. If you want to bring your parents to Australia and live there permanently, you're looking at a potential cost of $100,000, and the process time would be around three years. In contrast, in New Zealand, we only spend like um, less than $2,500 for application fees to apply for a parent category resident visa, and it will take around six to nine months. Mr Lan says it would be wrong for us to copy and paste Australia's system. He says the parent category acts as a good sidekick to the skilled migrant category and advocates for both policies to be focused on the regions so that money and skills would go where they're needed and not just Auckland. But he does want a system that's fairer on the taxpayer and is hopeful the review will be a turning point and recognise that parents also place strains on housing, settlement services and other public facilities. It is natural. The people at old age, they are likely um, to trigger more severe costs regarding their health. What about the, the people, the local people who have spent the most of their life and contributing to our society and then they receive these um, superannuation? Well, um, those new migrants, they, they arrived in New Zealand at their old age and as soon as they reach the bar of 10 years um, residency, they become eligible to receive the superannuation. So there have been a lot of social issues going on as well uh, regarding the fairness. The average per person cost of healthcare, according to health researchers writing in the New Zealand Medical Journal in 2015, was 1500 a year rising to more than 3,000 after retirement age and to 5,600 among 85 to 95-year-olds, not including rest home and hospice care. But the Ministry of Social Development says it doesn't collect data by immigration category, so it's impossible to isolate welfare costs. Some countries' nationals have superannuation schemes which can be deducted from their super payments here. 
Britain also has a reciprocal health agreement with New Zealand, which covers its expats. Mr Lan agrees health insurance and other enforceable sponsorship conditions could resolve concerns. New Zealand shouldn't play any discrimination regarding the family structure, age, race, nationality, and, and that's not a good excuse. Um, but we definitely could find a better approach to make sure that um, you know, these parents, or uh, I'm not saying it in an implied way, but you know, how we prevent people from cheating our system. Mr Lan says while the right decision is more important than a quick decision, there is concern that Mr Lee's Galloway is becoming the Minister for Consideration. He says if the parent category is reopened, it may encourage taxpaying skilled immigrants to stay in the country instead of beginning to give up. The endless waiting just plays an uncertainty, a huge uncertainty, a vacuum, and people are waiting there without any direction, without any hint. So um, if the minister still spends too much time before he can reach a final sort of decision, and definitely the migrants, they may hesitate um, in terms of their future planning. Do they still want to stay in New Zealand? There's cynicism among the families about what the review will come up with, but mainly this fear about how long it will take for a decision to be made. Over a coffee in Auckland's North Shore, Harpreet, who doesn't want his real name used, explained how he was about to submit an expression of interest when the category was suspended. He's been in New Zealand for nine years and a resident for the last five. His brother is here and his parents are in India alone. Things are different in our culture. We are meant to look after our parents when they get old. Um, you know, in European culture, that's different. You know, they will put them in a retirement village. Um, um, but in my culture, we don't have that sort of system. He suspects there's a deliberate attempt to delay a decision so the immigration numbers are brought down to fit in with political necessities. He says the parent category is an easy target because the government isn't under a lot of pressure publicly to deal with it. No one's talking about it. Um, you know, just old parents who cares about them. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a stressful time for our families. Um, you know, it's just, it's just numbers for them, but like, the lives of, um, or the future relies on this decision that they're going to make. He says the Immigration New Zealand website used to talk about a decision in May this year, then June. Then all mention of a time frame was quietly dropped. Back in their Remuera home... Brian Bookman and Deborah Levy cradle a framed photo of a time when all the family were together. They see the difficulties the government faces, but say there needs to be an end to the uncertainty. Time's ticking on Mum's side. She's not going to get any healthier as time goes by. And we're just very fearful that really we've lost the boat. It's over. For the moment, there's no news for families who remain worried and helpless. And with the residence programme as a whole under review, they fear parents will be the forgotten immigrants. That programme was written and presented by Jill Bonnet. If you'd like to find out about other programmes, head to our page at rnz.co.nz forward slash insight, iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week is Plastic Waste from New Zealand Polluting Malaysia. I'm Philippa Tolley, and that's all from Insight for today. Lovely to have you with us, and join us again next week.